remember at Christmas because there's those verses we read at the start of the service about Jesus being the light that shines in the darkness. And uh, I'm one of these people that loves Christmas. Who loves Christmas? Who's, who's, not, in, who's not a bar humbug person? Yeah, you're not, if you, okay, if you don't have to say if you're a bar humbug person, you're exempt, Logie. Who's, who's a happy person at Christmas? Yeah, I'm one of these people at Christmas, I don't, I don't know whether it sort of plays on all my good sides, all my good points, but I'm happy at Christmas. I love Christmas. I've, I've loved Christmas ever since I was little. And, um, I, you know, I don't know if any of you do this, but you accumulate Christmas traditions. We've got various Christmas traditions in our family, but I've got Christmas traditions that are just mine, that I do every Christmas. And you, you sort of grow them, don't you? Like when I was 14... I read um, A Christmas Carol for the first time. And ever since I was 14, every Christmas, I've read a Dickens book. And so this year, I've just finished it. I finished it on Wednesday of this week. So I'm ahead of myself. I've read Barnaby Rudge this year. I know it's not a very Christmassy book. It's all about rioting and, and murder in, in, in sort of 1780. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good book. It's, it's, it's a, but I have other Christmas traditions. You know, so I, how many of you get... Like, you don't buy the Radio Times, TV Times, or whatever for the whole of the year, but at Christmas you get the double issue. How many people is that? Yeah. I do that. I don't buy it for the rest of the year, but when, when, when it appears and it's got the snowman on the front, there's something irresistible. I have to have one. What else do I do? Well, it's something else. I always do a jigsaw at Christmas with, like, Santa and, or people skiing or little snow scenes on it. And... You know, we all have these Christmas traditions, don't we? And, and I, love, I love Christmas carols. I remember, like, as a teenager, going out and singing Christmas carols and knocking on doors and things like that. And what I really love, you know, is the fact that wherever you go at Christmas, every supermarket, every shop, there's songs that mention Jesus' name. And Jesus, it, you know, we, I know it's... it's Naff, but Jesus is the reason for the season, isn't he? And so it's fantastic. You go, you go in in the middle of July and you start singing Jesus in a shop, they'll arrest you. You do it this time of the year, they think you're joining in. <laughs> and so it's a great time. It's a great time to, to do things. And one of the things that Cheryl loves to do and Jessica loves to do, they, 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 they send me into the kitchen, I make some mulled wine, do, get the mince pies, and they decorate the tree. And they decorate it with all sorts of baubles. Now, they put something else on the tree. So I'm going to need the children to help me with the rest of my sermon. So you're going to have to listen carefully. If you sat next to your mums and your dads or, or, or an adult, then they can take responsibility for it. They can join in. Okay? But here's what I want you to do. Every time I say the word light or lights... I want you to do that. You have to stand up as well. Okay, ready? Light. Okay, let's try it with all the grown-up children as well. Light. And <laughs> We've got some really old children over this side. That's brilliant. I'm feeling younger by the minute. And, and so Cheryl loves putting the Christmas lights on the tree. Got it. You know, Christmas, 
it's, a, it's one of these phrases, isn't it? But I'm sure you know it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And for me, it is. And, you know, there's been a few Christmases over my life that haven't been that good. We've had disasters. We've had relationship problems. We've had, we've had all sorts of things happen. But on the whole, I still love Christmas. And I want to share with you this morning the reason why I love Christmas and why there's still light that shines. You're getting it. I think you're a bit quiet, but you're getting it. Okay, now, so on the whole, Christmas is great. I I, I love Christmas, apart from those, you know, those, those years that were difficult. They haven't stopped me loving Christmas, but for some people, Christmas is really complicated, isn't it? Some, some of you are sat here going, well, that's okay for Mark. He loves Christmas, but do you know what's going on? Do you know how difficult Christmases are for me? For, you see, for a lot of people, particularly with our generation, it's, it's become really difficult because of broken families and broken relationships. And Christmas, sometimes you have sad memories about, attached to it. And so it's not, it's not all great if you think about Christmas and this, this time of year. And it's certainly, the, the, the bigger the family, the more complicated it gets, doesn't it? Like, and I'm, not, I'm not asking you to put your hands up for this, but there's all this, like, particularly when you get married, it's like, whose house are we going to for Christmas? And how many Christmas dinners do I have to go to on the same day to keep every member of the family happy? You know, sometimes you, you, you feel like, have you ever seen that episode of The Vicar of Dibley where she has to have four Christmas dinners? Sometimes it feels like that, don't you? You go on this grand tour... And you're just desperate to go back to work because it's exhausting. Because you've had to visit everybody at all ends of the country. And, um, you know, there's this thing, isn't there, that we, a lot of us, we, we want Christmas to be perfect and sometimes it isn't. I know for me and, and for some other people in here, like, uh, I don't know, generally, but people that work at Addenbrooke's, for Nicola, for King, for myself, in a lot of my career, Christmas was just wiped out, just the busiest time of the year. And it can often feel like that. And, you know, even little things, like you can argue about where to put the Christmas lights on the tree. See, I'm just keeping you awake. You didn't jump up then. You can argue about where to put the Christmas lights on the tree. Okay, there's a purpose to this. You need to burn off some calories before you get the food. If, you're not, if you don't burn the calories off, no food. It's like if you don't eat your greens, you can't have any pudding. I never eat my greens, but I'm, not, I'm still not going to have any pudding either. You see, what makes Christmas so amazing and sometimes so difficult is that it co- sort of compresses. It compresses the good and the bad together. And yet it still points towards something incredible. You see, Christmas is, not, is the most wonderful time of the year, not because of what is happening. Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, not because of what is happening. Because Christmas has this ability to compress everything together, and it, it can get sort of full of, uh, you know, relationships you can't solve, problems you can't fix, uh, expectations you can't meet, um, goals you can't get any near, and people that you seem to you can't control, and Christmas has all that going on. So if it was about what was happening, then it would go all over the place. 
And often it does. But Christmas isn't about what is happening. Christmas is about what happened. And Christmas is the most wonderful time of year, not because of what's happening, but because of what's happened. Because it, it's a time when we can remember and see and bring life into focus. Remembering that at Christmas, Jesus sent, uh, God sent Jesus into the center of the world to bring light. So Jesus came and he put light right at the center of the world. Right, you're getting it. Now, here's the thing. When Jesus becomes the center of your life, it centers your life on something stable and something hopeful. And so it's not about what happened. Sorry, it's not about what's happening. It's about what happened. And when we, we put Jesus right at the center, it centers our life on something stable and something hopeful. Here's another thing. Christmas isn't the worst wonderful time of the year because of who's with you or who you with. You know, sometimes you can, you can find yourself with people that you wouldn't be in the same room as all the rest of the year. So that's not what makes Christmas so amazing. Christmas is not the most wonderful time of year because of who's with you or who you're with. Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year because of who's for you. Who's for you. Here's, we, we read this uh, passage out of the Gospel of John. Joyce read it beautifully. I'll, 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 I'll read it less beautifully. Just the last couple of verses. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not put it out. The darkness has not put it out. The man who wrote that was the apostle John. And he wrote that towards the end of his life. And uh, he was an old man. And I don't know if, if you've, you've looked at, studied John, but he was kind of the one that was closest to Jesus' family. And he's the one that, that Jesus trusted his mother to as he was dying and said, look after her, John. And he's also the one of, out of all the apostles who lived the longest. And throughout John's life, people used to come to him and say, what was it like to be with Jesus? What was it like to sit with him? What was it like to talk to him? And when you read John's Gospel, you, you, it, it's kind of a much more intimate story. It tells you some of the things about why Jesus did what he did, how he felt. Um, it's, always, it's always personal. It's always in personal stories where Jesus encounters people and changes their lives. And, and John came and, and he shared that. See, John is this amazing guy who reduced everything about God to one word. Like, we all have ideas about what God's like. You know, some people think God's angry. Some th people think God's remote. Some people think God doesn't care. Some people don't even know if they're, you know, not even sure if there is a God. But John said, out of all those things, if you ask me to say, who is God, I'll tell you this. He's love. He's love. That's the one thing that's bigger than everything else about God. He's love. And John captured that. And at the time John was writing that, it was a terrible time. 
It was a terrible time. You know, at the time he wrote this gospel saying the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not put it out. Right at that point, he'd lost friends, he'd lost family, his whole culture that he'd grown up in was disintegrating. And what happened is that Nero had sent Vespasian right down, right through Galilee and said, wipe him out. And Vespasian, he, went, he took the Roman armies down right through Galilee, he camped outside Jerusalem and he starved Jerusalem. And he set fire to the place and he burnt the temple to the ground eventually. And in that, in that time, tens and tens and tens of thousands of people starved to death and died of plague in Jerusalem. And that's what's happening just as John writes this, that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness hasn't put it out. Isn't that amazing? You missed that one, but never mind. It's estimated that in that onslaught on the Jews that one million were slaughtered by the Romans. And 200, between 200 and 300,000 were taken into the slave markets in Rome and the, the Colosseums and all the rest of it. John personally has seen all his friends executed. He's seen Nero uh, execute Peter and Paul. And here's the thing, amongst all that bloodshed, amongst all that chaos, amongst all those terrible things, John didn't lose his faith. Because it's not about what's happening, it's about what happened. It's not about who we're with, it's about who is for us. And when we centre our lives on that, when we put uh, that right at the centre of our lives, it it centers our life on something stable and something hopeful and something powerful. You see, because John loved Jesus and because he, he, he understood Jesus, he doesn't start with the birth of Jesus in his gospel. He starts with his statement, in the beginning, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he doesn't start with a baby in a manger which is really surprising because, just think about it, John at this time is the one who's looking after Mary. And yet he doesn't start with the manger, he doesn't start with the birth stories, he starts with what? The significance of Christmas. Because he wants us to know that it's not about who you're with, what's happening, but it's about Jesus and why he came. And he, and he puts Jesus right at the centre of it. And he says... Just as, there were dark, just as there's dark days now, and he's looking forward to when we, we, we're on the planet and all the generations after him, and he said, just as there was dark days then, I understand there's going to be dark days and complicated days and messed up days in the future. But this is what I want you to remember. In him is life. Okay, we've got some dyslexic ones. <laughs> Let me try that again. Perhaps it's my accent. In him is life. 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 <laughs> and that life was the light of all mankind. You know when it says never work with children, animals, or people who are getting into Christmas spirit? See, John was there after Jesus' resurrection. And 
we don't know for certain, but people think that John was asked, it, it was John that first came up with this question, is this the time you're going to restore Israel? And Jesus said, don't worry about that, John. Don't worry about that, disciples. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and I want you to understand that the reason you're here is to go to every people group you can find and take them the light. Because they're going to need that light. Because... Because this, this is a dark world. I mean, Paul later on in, in his gospel says, you are light shining in the midst of a perverse generation. And so this light that we've got, we take out. We take out into the darkness. Here's something about light. When you're in... Okay, it's getting difficult now. Is something about when it shines <laughs> that if it's already bright, you don't notice. Light belongs in darkness. Light belongs in darkness. It's my rule. Okay. You see, what John's saying and what God wants us to understand it is in spite of everything that's happened, in spite of all those people that got slaughtered in Jerusalem, all the bad stuff that happened, all his friends had gone, um, you know, whole sacrificial systems out of business, the temple, the center of Jewish culture is gone. Everything is gone. And what he wants us to know is this, in spite of all that, light shines in the darkness. And darkness does not put it out. Darkness does not put out light. That's it. But light has to go into the darkness. You see, as hard as it tries, darkness doesn't win. And that's the thing about Christmas. It's the thing about Christmas for all of us. You see, some of us, we think, well, you know, we, we, we can relate to, to Logie's story and some of the other stories. I mean, Dee would be working, catching cycle theft and dealing with people out of their minds on drugs and all sorts of things over Christmas. And we all have stuff that goes on. And we all have things that happen. And for some of us, you know, there are sad memories. For others, there's, there's great memories. There's fantastic memories. You've all got, you know, some of you have got, like, more Christmas traditions than I have. Some of you read 10 Dickens books of Christmas, or go, you go and see your favourite player, or there's probably nutcracker addicts in here who, who have to see the ballet every year, and, and there's probably people who have to have all their decorations in a particular way on the tree, and some people who have a particular favourite thing they eat, like stolen. Oh, Christmas cake. Oh, roast dinner. Yes. Okay, roast dinner's winning. All those sort of things. So, good or bad, we, we all experience different things. And we all have different things associated with Christmas. 
Some of us love coming to Christmas service. I love coming to Christmas service. Some of us go, I really don't want to go. But most of us love coming to Christmas services. Some of us even rise to the occasion and have a flashing light jumper. Yes, good one. Other us ruin the whole impression that the world has of accountants. <laughs> when there's darkness, as hard as darkness has tried to snuff out Jesus, as hard as darkness has tried to hem in the message of the gospel, as hard as darkness tries to stop you enjoying Christmas, the darkness does not overcome. The darkness does not overcome. Not now, not then, not ever. And for you, it's important you realise that because that's why John wrote this, this, this the way he did. He said, Christmas isn't about all the other stuff. It's not about who was there, who visited, who turned up. It's not about the gifts. It's not about this. It's about who is for you. It's not about what is happening. It's about what has happened. And it's remembering that and putting that at the centre of your life and shining like stars. So at Christmas... When it's all going great, enjoy it. But when problems come, when there's problems you can't solve, people you can't get on with, and expectations you can't meet, there is always hope. There is always hope. No matter what we face in this life, no matter what the heartache or how deep the worry, how deep the anxiety there is a light that shines and there is no type of darkness that can put out the light. Amen. There is always a reason to wake up the next day, take the next step, move forward, take your light out and let that light shine in the darkness. And the darkness will not put it out, not then, not now, not ever. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's stand. You all did very well. I'm just like wondering how many calories you've burnt off. <laughs> Joyce is starting early. <laughs> you pressed the button, didn't you? <laughs> I can do it as well as you. <laughs> See, mine's got a little song on it. <laughs> anyway, put that in Shell's bag. <laughs> Here's what I want to finish with. I did. No, don't press it now. It's just about... Okay. 
Merry Christmas. <laughs> we say Merry Christmas, you know. That some people the other day said to me, Happy Holidays. No, it's not Happy Holidays. It's Merry Christmas. Do you know why it's Merry Christmas and always will be Merry Christmas? Because it's got a capital C. It's about somebody. It's about what happened. It's about who came into this world, what he came for. It's about who is for us in the good times and the bad times. It's about who is for us every single Christmas throughout history. It's about Christ with a capital C. Amen.